Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day in which you've given us. God, we thank you for being able to sing words like faultless stand before the throne. Uh, God, it's not on our own merit that uh, we can stand before you. It's because of what Jesus has done. So God, as, as we uh, open your word today, uh, as we learn something, maybe it's something new for some, maybe it's something old for others as we're being refreshed on this, but God, let us just uh, let it penetrate into our hearts and let our lives just reflect what it is that you're doing. And uh, God, through it all, all glory, all honor, all praise is yours. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, with all that, we're going to jump into um, our final uh, installment of, of, of this series. Now, um, the mission statement of our church is what we've been going over. I think it's important now that more than ever to grab a hold of what God has uh, commissioned and, and directed and purposed us, the we. Remember, we're the we. Uh, if you missed that, uh, go back and listen to we, uh, because I think that, that as we start this out and we say we exist, we need to know who the we is. That's us. If you're sitting in, in this room right here, or um, Jill is sitting over and feeding a baby, whatever, I mean, the, if you're hearing the, the sound of my voice here and you're part of LifePoint Church, uh, either, either if you're a member or an attendee or whatever, you, God has you here for a purpose and you're a part of the we. So we need to understand that, and, and um, understanding this mission statement is directed for us. It's we exist to bring glory to God. Now, when we say that, we exist, everything about us is we exist to bring glory to God. Not to ourselves, not to one another, but glory to God. We exist to bring glory to God by making disciples. And how do we do this? Well, it's through committing ourselves to loving Him passionately, learning about Him continually, living for Him daily, and leading others to Him intentionally. That last one, leading others to him intentionally, is where we're going to be focusing, what we're, our focus for today. But to remember, to help us remember this mission statement, what we need to remember is, okay, I'm the we, I need to remember that, and I exist, okay, but why is that? I exist for, for God, for, to bring him glory. How do I do that? Making disciples. Awesome, I got that. Exist to, to bring glory to God, making disciples. Okay, now how do, I, how do I make these disciples? Well, that's where the love, learn, live, lead comes in. Love, learn, live, lead. We're talking about the lead today. Leading people to Jesus. But it's not just leading people, it's leading them intentionally. I believe, I believe this, that our job is to lead people to Jesus, not to convince them of him. We are not in, I'm going to convince this, I, I've got to convince so and so. I got No, 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 that, that's not your job. That's not even my job. Our job is to lead people to Jesus. And then the person of the Holy Spirit, he does the convincing. So we have to understand it. It, it, it's not, well, I don't know the answer to this. And I, you know, if I, what if I say this and they're not going to believe this? And it's not up to you. So let me, let me lift that weight off of all of you. It's not up to you to convince your, 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 your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your friends, whoever. It's not up to you to convince them of who Jesus is. It's just to lead them to Jesus. It's to tell them about Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. Trust God to do what it is that he says he's going to do. Because what, what happens is we try to take over the reins and we try to do God's work. And think about this for a second. God in his love for you 
is not going to uh, convince someone of him by you convincing someone of him. Because if you convince someone of Jesus, who's going to get the glory? You, you will, right? If Jake goes into work and convinces and goes up to a new guy and convinces him logically or however speaking of Jesus, well, that takes God out of the picture then. Now, please don't hear me like we're supposed to just kind of walk around like Humpty Dumpty or whatever and just like, oh, whatever. No, we still have a purpose and a plan. We need to lead people to Jesus. I, I believe it, it, it's, um, it's harder to lead people, and you'll understand further as we get towards uh, uh, the end of, of this today, but I think it's harder to lead people to, to, to Jesus if you're doing it right. Because I can learn a whole bunch of stuff, and I think that learning is good, you all know that I love to learn. I think learning is good. But we can learn a whole bunch of stuff, but that's not what leads people to Jesus. There's two main avenues that we'll talk about later. Don't, don't throw them up here right yet, but there's two main avenues that, that, that I believe um, are, are about, that are, are mainly used in intentionally leading people to, to Jesus. And, and learning is not one of those. I think it's important, but it's not one of those. So, our job is to lead people to Jesus, not to convince them of him. Well, how can you say that? Well, I can say that because Jesus said that. Turn to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, I, I want to highlight, and, and we're just going to, I got three texts that I, that I want to look at today. And, and in these three texts that we're going to see, so just some, some truths that, um, even if you're not a, well, I'm not really a Bible guy, that, that's fine. These, these truths are easy enough. You can put these in your pocket. And you can hold on to and grab on to them. Because in Acts chapter 1, what we have is Jesus, um, after, he's been, uh, after he's been crucified, after he's been buried, after he's been raised from, from the dead, and now he's been on earth um, an extended amount of time. So he's been on earth for 40 days. Now he's getting ready to ascend into to heaven. And um, as he's getting ready to ascend into heaven to be with the Father, he says this in verse 8. Um, but you will receive power. Now, who is he talking to here? He's talking to his disciples. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's talking to you here. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So understand that he's saying, okay, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. Now, we understand because we live after the day of Pentecost, when we accept Christ into our life, uh, the, the, the Trinity is a whole package. We get the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all at once. So we have the Holy Spirit. So we have the power of the Holy Spirit within inside of us. So we have this power to do what it is that he says. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It, very, very important here. He says, you'll be my witnesses. What does that mean to be a, a, a witness? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's in my notes here. So, uh, because I think that this is the, 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 the fact where when I say that it's our job to lead people to him, not convince them of him, um, we're called to be a, a, a witness. And what is a witness? A witness is someone who sees an event and reports what happened. So we are called to be witnesses. We're to see, okay, this is what, what, what God has done in my life. This is how he's transformed me. And we're to report that. We're to, what's that mean? We're to tell others. We're, we're, we're to say, okay, this is what's going on. This is what has happened. You, you got to see this. You got you to hear about this. 
It doesn't say that, that Jesus says you need to go convince people that I'm real. He says, no, you just need to be my witnesses. You need to go and tell of what has taken place. I think that as we're understanding and we look at this lead aspect of our mission statement, love, learn, live, lead, what I want us to do is I should say what I don't want us to do is I don't want us to look at this leading aspect of it and get so like, oh, I can't do that. There's so much involved with leading. I'm not going to be able to do that. What I want you to be able to do is say, no, I can do this. You know, I'm, God told me to do this so I can do this. Remember last week we talked about everything that, that God has told us to do. He's given us the, the ability, the gifting, uh, the opportunities to do this. So he, he's given us this, this grace to do what it is he's told us to do. This is one of those things. Be my witness. Go and just tell people. Now, you don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to stand on the, 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 streets, the, the, corner, uh, the street corner with a big sign that says, Turn to burn. You don't have to do all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in your homes, in your job, at school, wherever you are, you're to be his witness. You're to report, to tell of what he has done. How are you doing leading people to Jesus? Don't answer that out loud. Answer that, though, to yourself. How are you doing, how are you doing with this? How are you doing leading people to Jesus? Being that, that, that Jesus said, you're to be my witness. The way in which you're going to lead people to me is just telling people about me. How are you doing about that? Again, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I, I just want us to be real, to be, to be honest. Because I believe this. This is the big idea of the whole sermon today. The big idea is this. Leading, to people, leading people to Jesus doesn't happen on accident. You, you don't accidentally like bump into somebody, oh, hey, you know Jesus, there you go. You don't transfer Jesus by osmosis. You, you have to be intentional about leading people to Jesus. There is no oops when it comes to telling somebody about Jesus. Oops, I'm sorry, that Jesus slipped out. It doesn't happen like that. So the big idea is leading people to Jesus doesn't happen on accident. So if it doesn't happen on accident, it has to be intentional. That's why in our mission statement it says that we're leading others to him, leading others to Jesus, leading, leading others to God intentionally. It's got to be intentional. Because if it's not intentional, if it's not purposed, if you don't set out to do it, you're not going to do it. And then you're going to have 12 excuses of why it's not getting done. So, why intentional? Why intentionality? Well, I think it reveals a purpose. When you're intentional about something, you have a purpose in doing it. I, I don't care if you are um, type A. I mean, type A people love purpose. Or if you're the other type. I don't know if that's B, C, or D, or whatever it is. Um, OPP, maybe. Uh, whatever the other types are. It doesn't matter what type of, of, of people or a person you are. Having a purpose drives you. And understanding that when we're intentional about something, it shows that we have a purpose. I believe this. I believe that God works in purposes. God works with a purpose. God is not sitting up on his throne just like kind of watching stuff and, oh, I wonder what's going on over here. And eh, maybe they'll figure it out. No, God has a purpose in everything. Sometimes we don't know the purpose. 
Sometimes we don't need to know the purpose. Sometimes if we knew the purpose, we, our heads would kind of explode. But what we have to understand is God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of purpose. No, God doesn't have OCD. God has G-O-D. So, I don't know, that didn't make much sense, but whatever. God is a God of purpose. He acts for a purpose. So if, if God is God of purpose and, and he acts for a purpose and, and, and we know that, that because um, he is purposed and because we're made after his likeness and his image, even though we're in a fallen world, we understand that we're not fully in the likeness of God, but we know that God has purposed us to have a purpose. We talked about that many times a while ago about the, the calling that God has placed on our life. God has a purpose for everyone. And I, I think that being intentional shows that we have that purpose. We talk around here about this purpose quite often. You've heard me say this a billion times, and this is a billion and one. Um, build a bridge, it can bear the weight of truth. Build a bridge, it can bear the weight of truth. So that's intentionality. When, when we're talking about leading people to, to Christ, I think that, that, that we're all about construction. We're about bridge building. You've got to build a bridge with someone because the, the fact of the matter is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So we need to build a bridge with, our, with, with people in our lives. Why do we need to build a bridge with people in our lives? We need to build that so we can put the, the, the weight of truth on that bridge. What this means is intentionally engaging with people. Intentionally engaging with people. And, and when we intentionally engage with people, we build relationships. Now, I'm not just talking about building relationships with brothers and sisters inside here. That, that, that's great. We should do that because there's um, other um, weights of truth that need to be put on bridges. But the ultimate weight of truth that needs to be put on a bridge with someone in, in your life is the weight of the gospel. Jesus saves. He came to save. That's the ultimate weight that needs to be put on this bridge. If you have a, a bridge with an individual and it's not real, I mean, it, it's real rickety. And it doesn't support a lot of weight. Um, maybe when you throw that, 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 that weight of, of the truth of the gospel in there, it's going to shatter that. It's not up to you to, to, to worry about that. It's up to you to build that bridge. Again, it's up to you to, to lead them. So understanding that we should, um, we should all desire to have some type of engaging uh, and meaning, meaning, uh, uh, meaningful experience with, with, with people so we can lead them to Jesus. That's where the intentionality comes in. If we're not intentional, bridges don't build themselves. Bridges don't build themselves. Build, build bridges. Now, when we do that, that doesn't mean that we take the, the, the um, uh, superiority complex and say, oh, I'm going to build a bridge. How about just taking the, the approach that Jesus took as a humble servant? And just, maybe it's just loving on someone. Maybe it's just listening to someone. Maybe let, let's not uh, call in the, the, the crane and the earth mover to, to build this bridge and bring these big construction equipment. Maybe it's just taking little twigs to start with. Maybe it's just a small bridge to start. And then you can beef it up and beef it up and beef it up as you go. But be intentional about building a bridge. You're never going to lead someone to Jesus if you don't build a bridge and if you don't have the intentionality in it. So how do you lead others to God? How do you lead others to Jesus intentionally? Well, you build a bridge. Yes, absolutely. Okay. 
But I want to talk about two main, I'm calling them avenues, used to intentionally lead people to Jesus. Again, and I don't want to keep beating this dead horse, but I think it's important, intentional, 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 intentional. If I don't love my wife intentionally, bad things are going to happen. Just like any other relationship, if you're not intentional in that relationship, things are going to happen. But I, I, I think that, we, that we, what we need to do is when we're talking about leading others to, to, to God, that leading others to, to, to Jesus intentionally, that some of, the, some of the how questions come up. So two main areas, or I'm sorry, two main avenues used to intentionally lead people to Jesus are, and, 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 and remember, I, remember I said that learning is not one of those because I, I think that it goes into a couple of these, but um, you can learn a whole lot of stuff, but unless you execute it, it's just a whole bunch of head knowledge. Uh, the first avenue is your life. Your life. Turn to uh, Philippians chapter 1. Because in, in, in Philippians chapter 1, I, I think Paul uh, displays this beautifully in verse 27 and 28. If I'm going to lead someone intentionally to Jesus and not just kind of hope that they get there, but have intentional, intentionality into it. I think Paul's words here in Philippians uh, chapter 1 um, should be the, 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 uh, the compass or the course or the direction or the goal for us. Chapter 1, verse 27, he says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Hold that thought for one second because I think that it starts with that. Last week we talked about how you don't get to define what it means to live a life for God daily, but you have control over how you execute it or how it's executed. I think that we need to understand that, that to, uh, when Paul says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, is your life Lining up with what God says. That's what he's saying here. He, he just got done uh, talking about um, how uh, he, he, he says to live as Christ and to die as gain. What he just got, got, got done saying was, you know, it doesn't matter to me at this point if I die. Because if I die, I'm going to go be with Jesus. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. But he then, got, he then goes on to say, but it's better for you that I stay. Because you, basically he's saying you've got a lot more to learn. He, he, he says that he wants you, to, he wants us, he, he, he was talking to the church, he wants the, the, this church in, in Philippi to uh, grow in the grace of God, to understand him more and, and deeper, have a deeper relationship, a deeper intimacy with God. And, and, and when he says all of this, he, he says, okay, it's, I'm going to stay. <laughs> he's not going to off himself to go be with Jesus. He's like, I'm content to stay here with you because this is what God has in store. And after he says all of that, after he's said, basically, I'm willing to surrender my life for whatever it takes to let God get all the glory, he says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. He said, and this is not Paul pulling the apostle card, like the Trump card, like, yeah, look at me, I'm self-righteous. No, he's like, I'm willing to sacrifice everything. Here's what you need. You need to be right there too. He says, only let your, your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so, whether, so that whether I come and see you or I'm, I'm absent, 
whether I get to, get to see you again or whether I die trying to get to see you, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. Not only standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So, so he's saying, how does, how does this look? It's, we're striving side by side. We're standing in one spirit. We're coming together. It doesn't mean that we all have to, to believe the same. Every detail and dot of everything that Lee says, you've got to believe. No, 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 no. He's saying a being of one spirit, of one mind. It's one Jesus. Jesus is the only way. That's what he's talking about here. And it's living a life that reflects that. Jesus is the only way. And he, and he says here that we need to strive side by side for the faith, for the faith of the gospel. He's not saying strive side by side for the flag of the church. He's not saying strive, by, strive side by side for a ministry here or a good work here or a duty here. No, he's saying for the faith of the gospel. That's what we need to be striving side by side for. And he says, and. I love those ands. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. He doesn't say that we're not going to have opponents. He's basically saying, you're going you're gonna to face opposition. You're going to face some things, but you don't, need to, you don't need to be frightened in the face of that. Why is this? Because it says, this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. So only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So the way in which you live, it, it, it's a display of those who are not in, um, in the kingdom of God, those who are not a child of God. It's a display to them of their destruction. That's not something we like wave over the heads. No, it's, it's an identifying characteristic. It's identifying, hopefully to them, as you lead them to Jesus, like, I need this Jesus. But as we, as we lead them and as we lead people to Jesus and understand that we're, we're living in a manner worthy of the gospel, that's for, to understand, help us to understand that this is a clear sign of our salvation. Some people are like, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't, I, you can have a clear sign of your salvation. Paul is clear here. He's saying that, that, that if your life is reflecting of, what, of, of the gospel and you're living the gospel... This is, this is a clear sign. So when we say, you know, one avenue to intentionally lead people to Jesus is the way in which you live your life. This does not give us the, the uh, license for legalism. This is not giving us the, the, the license to say, well, I'm such a good Christian and I do this and, oh, I can't believe that Matt does this and I can't believe that Bobby does this. That's not what's being said here. You're going to be judged by God. You're going to give account for what you have done. God is, is clearly speaking here through um, the apostle here to say, okay, here's the deal. Your life needs to be reflecting or reflectant of what Christ did on the cross. What did Christ do on the cross? There's a lot that he did on the cross, but ultimately... He paid the penalty for sin. He forgave sin. Even though people were mocking him, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. We can stand in that clear sign and we can stand in, in, with that foundation of, I'm forgiven. 
No, no, no matter what anybody says to me or about me, I'm forgiven. In the eyes of God, I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God, and no one can take that from me. So, so when we, we're talking about leading people to, to Jesus, our life leads them because we can live in that, that song that they sang, well, I am redeemed. I've been redeemed out of the, the, the muck and the mire. Now I can live. Some people are going to look at you and say, yeah, he's just, you know, he's one of those cocky Christians. You know, well, it's better than a cranky Christian, right? Um, but he, no, he's, he's arrogant. No, 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 no. How about this? How about just, I'm, I'm confident because of what the Bible says. You can be confident. We can be confident and we need to, to, to live our lives like that because our life may be what leads someone to Jesus. That's the first avenue. The second one, your love. If you want to intentionally lead someone to Jesus, you, you want to intentionally lead someone to God, the second avenue is your love. Now, I'm going to go a little bit further in this love aspect or description here. I'm not just saying your love for one another. Your love for God. Three weeks ago, when we, I went through um, the, the first love impassionately, we talked about how our, our, our love for God is not the same love that we have for our kids or not the same love that we have for our spouse or not the same love we have for our job. Whatever it is you love the most, it's not that same love. It transcends that. And I believe if we're going to intentionally lead people to Jesus, your love for God must be seen. It must be seen. Because I believe this. You lead to that which you love. Think about that for, for, for a second. You lead to that which you love. Everybody has a favorite restaurant. Everybody has a favorite movie or a favorite sport or a favorite place to go. Something that, that you love. And you're always telling somebody else about that. You lead to that which you love. If it comes down to... Man, I don't know how to lead people to, to, to Jesus. Ask about the two areas we're talking about. A, am I showing that with my life? Am I living for him with my life? Or am I really showing my love for him? I'm not saying that everybody's got to go overboard. It, it, it has to, to, to be all um, mushy and... No, but when you love someone, it's not that type of love that, 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 that we always, that, that the movies tells us that we have to be all hanging all over. No, sometimes love is telling the truth and standing in that truth with someone. How does this love look, how does your love look for God? I, I believe that, you know, you, you, you do lead to which you love, um, to that which you love. Um, so I, I believe this. Your love for God hear me on this, because I, I think that, that we, we can kind of get um, a little bit off track a little, a little here. Your love for God is not a question of the head. So it's not knowing how to love him. Wait a second, we're supposed, we're supposed to, you told us a few weeks ago we're supposed to learn about God. And, yeah, Absolutely. But, but, but your display and the way in which you love God and live for him and how your love is seen is not the how-to. 
So it's not a question about the head. It's a question about the heart. Are you being compelled to? When you love someone or something, there is something that, that is inside you that you're compelled to let out and to, to, to share. Is your love for God that great? Are, are, are you able to, 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 to say to, to, to your brothers or your sisters or whoever it, it, it may be, is, is your love just showing forth from you, pouring forth from you? This is where a lot of people get, you know, kind of, I'm getting kind of um, squirmish. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't really feel compelled. Well, maybe, do I really love God? I'm not questioning if you love God or not. I'm not questioning, like, you should question your salvation. Am I really saved or I'm not? No. But if we're going to display and people are going to see the love for God, it's not about learning how to do that in your head. It's being compelled in your heart to do that. So the, the, the avenue here is you have been given, we have been given the greatest love of all. Uh, John fifteen thirteen says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You have been given the greatest love. What are you doing with that? That's what's motivate. That's what should motivate you. That's what should motivate that compelling inside. Not just the how. It's not just about, okay, I got to figure out how. No, it's that, that stirred up affection inside of you needs to just, it needs to boil and it needs to come out. Because if you force, think about this, if you force love, is it really love? No, but it, 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 if it's just a pouring out from inside of you, that's going to draw people. It, it's not drawing people to you. It's drawing people to Jesus. So when we talk about leading people to him intentionally, it's not coming up with a 12-step program and a plan. Okay, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. No. It's stirring up an, a, 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 an infection uh, infection. Affection. It can be infectious. It's stirring up an affection inside of you that pours forth. And people are like, wow, that's something I want. What is that all about? That's different. Second Corinthians chapter 5, I think, spells this well, and this would be a good end cap here. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, the Apostle Paul says this. For the love of Christ controls us. And when he says this, I love the context in which it's in. Because he basically just gets done saying that like if, we're, if we look like we're crazy and we're out of our minds, it's right, it is, it's, you're absolutely right. But the reason is, is because the love of Christ controls us. Why and how does the love of Christ control us? It's not manipulation. God is not manipulating the apostle here saying that, that, okay, I'm controlling you or hypnotizing. No, the apostle has come to this conclusion. And it is controlled by the love of God. And he says, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died 
And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. The Apostle Paul says, I can live my life being controlled by God and be controlled by his love because of what he's done for me. So when we say, if we're sitting here and we're thinking, I, I can't do that, you can do that. Because the same Jesus that died for the Apostle Paul and the one he's claiming here that is controlling him is the same one that wants to control you. He wants to set you free. Don't think of control as like, okay, God's going to like, all right, move here and move here. No, God wants to set you free to live and enjoy him. And that comes through that loving relationship with him. So if we're going to, as we finish up this series, and we come to this end of leading people to him intentionally, remember, love, learn, live, lead. Think of it kind of like as a circle. That's how I have it drawn up on my wall in my office. Love, learn, live, lead. And it's continuous. It's continually, because as soon as you, you get to leading people to uh, him intentionally, it's back to, love, it's back to loving him passionately and, and, and learning about him continually and living for him daily and leading people to him intentionally. It's a continuous circle. And, and when we understand that loving him um, and, and uh, uh, living for him displays all of this, how we can intentionally lead people through our life and our love, that frees us. It frees you to, to live the life in which God says in John 10, 10, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life abundantly. That's the abundant life in which Jesus is talking about. Let's pray. I'm going to pray in a second, and, and as I do... Um, I just want to sit for a second and, and, and I want us to just kind of just think about this. Don't, <clears throat> don't let the enemy creep in and, and make you feel guilty. But if God wants to convict you, convict you let, let, let him convict you. Welcome conviction, rebuke, guilt. What's the difference between conviction and guilt? Guilt makes you feel like it's, it, it's all on yourself and you, you've done something shameful and it just, you, you, there's no motivation in it. But um, uh, conviction uh, is that, that, that motivation to, to glorify God. I'm not doing this and I need to do this. Okay, if that's the case, fine. But what I don't want is anybody to feel or to walk out of here with a greater burden which they, they walked in here with. This is, what we need to do is we need to um, accept, okay, God, you have told me, you have told us, you have clearly said that, that we need to lead people to you. And I want to lead people to you with my life and my love. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at it, but I want to do it. Well, I, I, I believe this. If you pray that prayer and whatever words you want, God's going to use you. And when God uses you, you're going to be living in and enjoying that abundance that he talks about. We're told to make disciples. We're told to, to uh, commit our lives to him. So just in this moment, if your prayer is, God, I want, I want to lead people to you. 
however that looks. I mean, it, it, it's, I don't know what it looks like in my, in, in my life, but I, I, want to, I want that to happen. If you're honestly saying that, if you're honestly praying that, he's, he, he'll grant you that. Because that falls in line with his will. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, it'll be given to you. God, I want to glorify you by, with my life and with my love. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, as we sit here and as we have, have heard over the, the last few weeks the, 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 the vision that you've given us here at this church, God, let us not just think, well, we're just a small town church and that we can't do anything. No, but let, let us grab hold of the truth that you're a big God and you use men and women like us to do your work. So God, stir something inside of us. God, let us live for you as you intended us to live for you. Knowing that we're going to trip and fall sometimes and we're going to need our brothers and sisters beside us to help pick us up. But God, you have us here for a purpose and we are going to accomplish that purpose and we're going to do that together. God, we ask all glory, all honor, all praise, all worship goes to you. God, I pray over the next few weeks as um, our, our brothers um, step up here and fill this, this, this spot of, of preaching your word, that you give them the words to speak, that you give everyone the ears and the hearts to hear and listen to apply. God, let your presence be thick among us. Let us not just say amen and walk out the door and just be the same. Let us walk out different. Let us be transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Lord Jesus, in your beautiful name that we pray this. Amen.